All right, welcome into the show. Uh, in a big news day for uh, Commanders fans, we were hoping it was going to be a day to talk about a new head coach. Instead, we're going to talk about the coach that spurned his opportunity to become the next head coach, Ben Johnson, staying in Detroit. I, I cannot tell you. I was just this morning reading another Ben Johnson article. I've already admitted to you know being one of those people that you know some weekends has been binge watching Ben Johnson press conferences from over the last several years. With the Detroit Lions, just trying to get this guy's headspace to learn about the beautiful offense he was going to bring to my beloved football franchise, only to have him kick us right in the yeah in the sack here today and say, no, 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 I'm not even going to interview anymore. I've already done the one. I'm done. I'm staying in Detroit. What a turnaround. Wow. I mean, they said the city of Detroit was making a comeback. I was kind of snickering to myself on the couch going, please, it's still rat infested and it's a mess. I mean, there's dilapidating buildings. I've been there, you know, 15 years ago. It has to be just as crappy as it was when I left there when part of Tiger Stadium was still, you know, not even completely taken down the press box when I drove by from the airport going to the, I think it was the 2007 or 2008 NCAA Final Four. So I'm sure it was the same crap hole it was back then. But no, apparently it has completely made a comeback and here we are Ben Johnson passing on head coaching jobs to stay with the Lions it made me what I did briefly throw up in my mouth today so there you have it man and uh, time to pivot I guess but just for the heck of it Adam Peters and the crew whoever's all in that crew I'm not sure uh, still got on the plane and still went to Detroit to see it for themselves uh, to talk to Aaron Glenn uh, as we know, they've already talked to Mike McDonald multiple times at Ravens, uh, D.C., Anthony Weaver. Uh, there has still, of course, been another Dan Quinn interview that uh, took place today in person. I've even seen a picture of him uh, in his suit at, at line at, uh, I think it was National Airport, flying out back to, I assume, Dallas. But anyway, so that's where they are. I mean, do you go back to Bobby Slowick, uh, the boy genius offensive coordinator, first-year offensive coordinator down in Houston? I mean, all the main candidates that seem to be on the board right now are all defensive guys, which is going to really trigger some of the fans. But that seems to be where the coaching uh, talent is at this point if you don't buy into Bobby Slowick. And I've been very skeptical of Bobby Slowick from the jump because, again, Adam Peters spent time there with him in San Francisco, never seemed to be the top guy on their list, even though they have spoken to him multiple times. You know, Could have hired him by now if they wanted to. I mean, the Texan season's been over for more than two weeks, but they did not. So... Uh, all very interesting to see where this thing ends up with uh, Washington. I believe Mike McDonald's also supposed to have his first interview today with the Seattle Seahawks, who have yet uh, to speak with him. So uh, could be an interesting next couple days uh, for Washington, or maybe they, they pivot quickly here. But definitely a gut punch today uh, with the Ben Johnson thing. Because, look, he, say what you want. The Lions lost you know, in the championship game, yada, yada, yada. Very good offense, very sound scheme, um, explosive plays on the ground, very physical you know, kind of a kind of has a uh, Kyle Shanahan offensive look with with some different parts of it. Um, you know, and very good running and very good passing involved. With you know, not the best quarterback in the league by Jared Goff, but they certainly gotten the most out of him. So you can't act like it isn't a bummer. I mean, and yes, as we have to admit, with all these guys that have not been head coaches, we have no idea if they can coach the entire fifty-three man roster. I have no idea, but. He does come from a good place, I think, you know, in terms of his football philosophy, but now he's off the board. So maybe we should never speak of Ben Johnson again. But actually, we will at 335 when Jeff Rigger uh, joins us from the ticket in Detroit because they're celebrating. It's a ticker tape parade in Detroit today. <laughs> that it is. So we're going to have Jeff come on, talk about it. We were going to break down the Ben Johnson goodness with him, but hell of that. Now we're going to just 
trash Ben Johnson with Jeff and congratulate him for keeping him and find out more about Aaron Glenn. But but in all seriousness, I mean, this is a, a, a real surprise. I mean, for somebody to turn down head coaching money uh, is more than coordinator money. I'm just seeing a tweet from Adam Schefter a minute ago as we're coming on the air here that he didn't get an extra money. It wasn't like he went to the team and said, hey, I'm going to get one of these jobs. What do you got for me? It wasn't like that. Didn't shake anybody down. Says he has unfinished business in Detroit. That's what he says. Uh, pretty painful uh, if you're if you're the Commanders and the Seahawks. If you were if you're trying to you know hone in on this guy, but again at the same time, yeah yeah you know you just gotta put your big boy pants on and move on to the next guy. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. But yeah, it's it sucks. <laughs> it does suck, no doubt. <laughs> oh man, it's just ugh, frustrating, frustrating stuff today. But hey, listen. Um, there are there are other uh, candidates out there that you've been doing all your due diligence on, whatever the situation was here. I don't I don't believe in like these conspiracy theories that he knew he wasn't getting the job because I think he was, de- you know, again, a lot of people thought that he was going to be the guy, and it wasn't just for no reason. But the one thing that Adam Schefter said yesterday was kind of eerily weird, right? We said doesn't mean they're going to end up there. He wasn't saying that they weren't going to be the choice, but they may not end up there. So I think what he had heard over the weekend was clearly that. Ben Johnson was not 100% sure if he was leaving, leaving. And that's, that's and hey, man, again, I, I would probably love it if I was a Lions fan, uh, but I'm not. So I, I hate this guy's guts right now. Yeah, pretty much. Period. <laughs> End pretty of story. Much. Hate his guts. Now, you know what's really going to be interesting is if in a year from now, he's hired by the Chicago Bears. <laughs> and to yeah. see how the Lions fans then feel yeah. about him being so loyal for one extra season at that point. But no, I mean, hey. To each his own. You got to move on. It, it, but it is, it has to be awkward as hell if, uh, you know, again, Adam Peters and company, they're, they're you know, getting ready to jump on the jet today. And all of a sudden they're like, yeah, sorry, it's not going to happen now. I'm not doing this interview. <laughs> Good thing you were going for a two for one, right? Yeah, you're already airborne. And then you find out one of the guys you want to talk to is, yeah, mm-hmm. he's just, he's, he's not taking calls anymore. He's not taking meetings. Okay. Yeah, yeah well, uh, about that. Do we turn around or? Yeah, I guess we still go, you know, but I just feel like, and I'm embarrassed. My search history here, as I was on the Google before the show, <laughs> I mean, Ben Johnson Lions, Ben Johnson's family, Ben Johnson coach, Ben Johnson's Lions salary, uh, Ben Johnson at Carolina, Ben Johnson with Sam Howell. I mean, it's just embarrassing. Ben Johnson, a Canadian athlete, jumps up. Of course, the sprinter who was ashamed that shamed at the uh, Olympics well, yeah. comes up here too. some English soccer player Ben John I mean it's a lot of Ben Johnson's in my search history and it's all because of this guy I learned so much about him. it was a great story they had in the, in the post today on that I read about him it really fascinated me and got me even more excited about the possibility just to have the the rug pulled out from under me I mean even before they could do the next interview unbelievable well I mean think about it this way all, all your Adam Peters uh digging paid off well that did that did. I did like go. Adam Peters that's true um but I'll say this. This is what has kind of ba- bugged me about the um, about the, kind of what the commanders have done here, which was if you if you, they telegraphed it too much this way, right? And so you didn't do any – and again, I, we don't know this for sure because they can't say anything yet because we're not to the end. And who knows if we ever get the – did they ever reach out to Jim Harbaugh, number one? Right. Did they ever kick the tires or even reach out to Mike Vrabel? Because to this point they have not, um, you know, two – pretty known commodities out there and and obviously Belichick I think as we heard from the get-go with the way the structure was going to be that was a non-starter for Belichick here however the owner the owner the new owner Josh Harris did say uh, that there was always room for you know rearrangement with talent and I would assume that would be Bill Belichick 
but yet, you know, there's never been any real interest from Washington standpoint in that. Now, were they really slow playing this week? Because I had literally checked into somebody this morning saying, hey, are they going to name that? I mean, what the hell's going on here? Like, what's taken so long? Uh, everybody just assumed it was this wave of, you know, the season, this lull this week between the Super Bowl where they're going to have a decision and the fact that the Lions lost, Ravens lost, made it easier. Or was there really still a decision to be made either, either or, right? Like, is there still a Mike McDonald, um, Anthony Weaver versus Ben Johnson versus, you know, whoever else is you still on the board at this point? Now, I would say is Anthony Weaver on the board seems questionable because he did an interview for a defensive coordinator job yesterday. But again, maybe he's just covering all his bases Could here, be. you know, which is fine. Because I'd actually heard from somebody they really liked Anthony Weaver, thought he was really impressive as, you know, like his leadership style and the way he, way he carried everything. So I... Who knows? Uh, but this this thing definitely, uh, as they say, a tackle for a loss. I yeah, was, I think it's a it tackle a TFL. for a loss. Yeah, definitely. Tackle for a loss. Doesn't mean your next play might not be a big chunk play, but it definitely is a bit, it feels, it comes off as a feel of a TFL. So now we will uh, wait and see what they do next. Now, could you imagine this, though? I was just thinking about this. Had they done it the bass backwards way, like they used to do in the past, which would have been, well, we're going to hire the coach first. And we're going to let him pick the GM or whatever. And they would have wasted all that time waiting and waiting because you couldn't do anything with him until now just to find out, no, I'm not <laughs> I'm not actually taking the job. So then you're like, well, crap, we don't even really have a GM here. Uh, yeah. uh, what are we doing? This is exactly <laughs> why I was screaming GM structure, GM structure, GM structure from the jump because you have to have that because without a front office direction, it, it philosophy, none of it matters. Yeah, no doubt. None of it matters. So. What's next for the commanders? All right, we'll get to the board. Uh, we'll, get, we'll get to the whiteboard here in a minute <laughs> and see who's left on it. Uh, again, Jeff Rigger from the Ticket to Detroit, where they might be having a parade today, even though they lost in the NFC Championship game over their OC staying. We'll get his thoughts on all that and why he thinks, ultimately, Ben Johnson is sticking around. Uh, we'll deal with that. Uh, and again, we'll uh, talk, obviously, Super Bowl uh, in, in two weeks, less than two weeks now. But we'll dive into a little bit of early conversation about what this next step could mean for the Kansas City Chiefs in terms of historic re- relevance with what they have been able to do uh, coming up at the 4 o'clock hour in football at 4. But uh, what's left for the commanders? Uh, and we'll get to the poll question of the day, which asked that very question to you. Out at Jackson Sports at ESPN Radio 941. We'll look at the numbers coming up there as well. You can always join us. Text line 757-687-9494. The Ballyhoo's phone line 757-687-9494. As we hate on Ben Johnson the rest of the show. Scott Jackson Show here prior to Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Brought to you by Larry King Law. All right, welcome back um, from the 214. Watch Ben Johnson take the Philly or Dallas job next year. I mean, look, there is no question that's in play or the Bears or... Uh, name a job that could be open next season. There, there is no doubt uh, that is in play now with him resetting. Because it's funny, people are like, well, he's never going to have a better chance to to be. I was like, yeah, actually he will next year because there's going to be probably six to seven jobs wide the hell open uh, next season as well, like it is every year. Um, you know, it, it always seems to be that way. Uh, Jimmy says, going to be all right, guys. You'll find a coach somewhere. Maybe Coach Klein from University of Louisiana will bring, will leave and bring Bobby Boucher with him. <laughs> Bobby Boucher. Uh, oh, Jimmy. You know, Jimmy, just when I'm trying to defend your Chiefs and, you know, tell you that you guys aren't as obnoxious and as annoying as many of the rest of our audience here thinks you are, you do stuff like that. No, come on. All right, 757-687-9494. All right, the poll question today deals with, obviously, the news of the day, the uh, move by Ben Johnson to announce he's staying in Detroit. 
And we'll talk to uh, Jeff Rigger from the ticket in Detroit about that, and obviously a little bit more about the other coach who's still in the mix, Aaron Glenn. Um, he's And here's the uh, poll question brought to you by Dominion Floor Coverings, again, at Jackson Sports at ESPN Radio 941. And I put this up early-ish, like at the 1 o'clock hour, and, man, people are jumping all over it already. Mike McDonald, hands down, 71.2%. The Ravens, D.C., Dan Quinn, 87 Aaron Glenn at 43 And then the old other uh, reply below, we've had a lot of uh, – Different ones like what about Vrabel? Um, and, and again, I didn't put Vrabel in the poll because they have not actually contacted him or interviewed him. Uh, but there is a lot of Vrabel write-ins. And let's see, who else do we have here? We got uh, Belichick, Vrabel, Carroll, three elite vet coaches out there. Why you should at least interview them. Um, Kevin, my guy from DC, says I want the enemy mainly because he'll be tough on these wuss fans we have. <laughs> Slowick. Uh, I got another says you got to get Slowick, who's the OC in uh, Houston. Noteworthy accomplishments this year, rookie head coach, rookie quarterback, and everyone seems to be forgetting he started uh, his NFL career as a defensive assistant. That's huge. Uh, he's the best option in this juncture. I don't know if he's the best. Again, they have the best file on him, right? Adam Peters, yep. he was in San Francisco multiple seasons when Adam Peters was there. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, you know, Daddy Shanahan, they all worked at the Slowicks, uh, his dad, the son. And, you know, it's been interesting watching since the season ended all the different um, energy that's been credited to different people uh, about the development of C.J. Stroud. Not saying they're not mentioning Bobby Slowick, but they're not mentioning him as much as the quarterback's coach, as Johnson and, and some others, which I found fascinating. And again, maybe they pivot there. I don't know. I just don't want this to be like as one of this guy's just text put in the Twitters here on the access. Seems like it's going to be another Zorn hire. Nah, I, oh I don't, God, I don't, think, I hope it's, not. I don't think it's that bad. Uh, Brian and Chesapeake says, how about Romeo Cornell? Bring sexy back to D.C. <laughs> uh, go beg Belichick. No, Bill Belichick with an you. offensive coordinator. Mike Vrabel. Well, you know, Belichick, uh, James, I don't know if you're aware of this. He grew up in Annapolis, which oh, is a I'm good hour and a half from Ashburn where the team actually works. But anyway, uh, Ryan and Portsmouth already jumping in with Biennemi uh, as well. Now, here's where I think Biennemi is in play is if Mike McDonald or a Dan Quinn were to be your head coach, right. you want to say, okay, here we go. We keep continuity at, cor- or at uh, coordinator. Um, now, <laughs> I don't know how many of the holdover offensive guys would be really excited about that because uh, uh, some of them felt like they could speak really freely at the end of the year because I, I I think their assumption was he wasn't going to be anywhere near the facility next year. But they have held on to him to this point. Um, also, point to be made, nobody's asked to speak to him uh, at this point for a, a, a coaching job uh-huh. uh, that is you know anything beyond – uh, head co- you know, obviously, it would have to be a head coaching job. He, you know, if he was offered a head coaching opportunity, he would get the interview. Outside of the commanders, there's been none. So th- he's also this season has not exactly been, um, you know, not exactly been like a great resume builder like they had hoped it would be from that standpoint. Now, doesn't mean he might not still be on the staff next year, depending on what happens here. And this is the other problem with this thing running over into overtime potentially is the ability to put his staff together has always been my bigger concern, especially when you're talking about first-time coaches, because a lot of the guys on this list that we've mentioned are first-time ever head coaches that would be here. So that's what's going to be interesting. Uh, by the way, my friend Gutlead says, right now NFL Network is re-airing the NFC Championship game so you can watch Ben lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah good all right i'm gonna jump on that during the break so again these are all interesting ideas i would imagine mcdonald will probably be the first guy call right 
I would think so. You know, that's what I would do anyway. But yeah, hey, I would think McDonald would be the first guy. Now, again, if Seattle's talking to him, he's got some options. If Seattle's got a heck of a roster. They got a good roster. Now, the problem with Seattle is they're in a really tough division. They got to play that 49er team twice a year. Yep. They're not going anywhere. Now, Mike McDonald may be like, yo, I already kicked their butts on their home field on Christmas night for Santa Claus and everybody else to see. So I don't know what you guys are talking about. I don't really care. But the Rams are good. I mean, the Rams are going to, you know, they got a lot of resources. They got a boy genius coach. Uh, it would be a very interesting contrast, right? If he were the guy there, because you'd have the two defensive coaches in that division, uh, you know, with uh, J- Gannon, Jonathan Gannon, and, and obviously Mike McDonald, and then the two offensive studs in Shanahan and McVay. Now, if he comes over to the NFC East, he would also be kind of a uh, he'd be a one of a one as well, because it's all offensive guys: McCarthy, Dayball, and of course. Um, well, I guess is Sirianni an offensive guy. I guess he was yeah, at one point is. in his life. He is. Well, at least he thinks he is. <laughs> yes, he is. I'm just kidding. I know he is, but he doesn't really do that necessarily anymore. Although apparently he interferes with it. I was going to say, what is it that he does? What do, do you do here? If you've got that answer, that'd be great. By the way, Giants, another team that could be uh, on the on the prowl for a head coach next year as well, um, if things don't improve anyway. Uh, my buddy uh, Gutlead also adds, if EB or anyone on that team is bitching about working. Um, <laughs> working too hard. They need they need to be gone anyway. Well, I, I think the problem is it's not just the working hard. It's just more of the the um, communication yeah. and the ability to listen to the the communication given back to them. That's why. Um, anyway, that's what the biggest biggest thing is. Uh, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four seven five seven. Six eight seven ninety four ninety four. Uh, seven five seven uh, on the text line says if you can notice, Pat is in the Super Bowl without the enemy. Yeah, and without Tyree Kill for the last two years as well. Yeah, yeah. Pat's pretty good. And again, it's Andy Reid's offense, so yeah. let's not. They've been okay. And I, I look, I don't doubt he was helpful to the staff because somebody's got to be the badass on the staff. I don't, I don't doubt at all. I, look, I love the way he ran practice. I had no problems with with what he was doing. I mean, I think he controlled the situation very well and had some good ideas. I just clearly think as the season went on and as you saw your quarterback was an absolute mess, you know, they didn't adjust and they put him in some bad spots and they threw the ball too damn much. I mean, that's pretty much my consistent thought on him from the beginning. And in terms of like people complaining, yeah, I mean, my initial thought was, oh, this is a bunch of whiny babies, but then again, when the season ended, there was more leadershipy guys stepping up, saying stuff. They're like, oh, okay. There's more to it than just, oh, they just don't want to work hard. No, it's like, hey, we got some ideas here, pal. Can you, can you treat us like adults and listen? And the answer was apparently maybe not often enough. So that's why I think he's kind of in the spot he's in and been in for a while. Um, but hey, with the way things are going now, if it is a defensive coach, there's a really good shot that he could be part of that next staff. Uh, going to next season. And really, when you think about the, the, how late in the game we are, that's probably the best thing. Um, yeah. You know, at this point, for yeah. him, right? Like, I mean, because what, what else are you going to do? All right. From um, more from the uh, world of uh, the X here, uh, my man, Coach Negative, said, Tainted goods. <laughs> I wouldn't hire this guy in the future. Misplayed his hand, and I wasn't confident with his ability to run a team. This is why coordinators may not be good. Head coaches, Johnson's one of them for the Lions. Uh, yeah, and people are bump are, are are really dogging him for for pulling out uh, of this situation. At yeah. least not having. I don't know. I mean, I would rather know than going into an interview that a guy had no interest. I mean, in in the job. Yeah, I, I suppose. 
I mean, who knows? He got literally got back, what, Sunday? Sunday night late, late Monday, probably, right? By the time they get home, it's Monday morning. So that's yesterday. He sits on it for a day. I, I could see that. I mean, you're like, I, I feel like I got unfinished business, not really jazzed up. I mean, yay, I get to select a quarterback at two. But as I mentioned before about the one thing I was concerned here with him, here's who he's worked with, Jared Goff, veteran quarterback, number one overall pick in his draft. That's who he's worked with. That's it. I mean, he hasn't worked with a rookie before. Go pick the rookie. Maybe he, you know, spent some time in his free time in the rookie class. Maybe he doesn't love it. They're not picking one overall. They don't control the board. They got to wait and see. Caleb Williams goes to the Bears and go from there. Maybe that was the other part of it for him, too. And then looks at Seattle and is like, well, they're way the hell down there. And they got Geno Smith and maybe didn't love Geno. I don't know. I mean, there's, there could be a, a variety of things. Or maybe he's just true to his word. He feels like unfinished business. Like it here, Detroit. Detroit, the city of the rocks. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe. Or do, do you hold it against him? Maybe he's got Tiger him. season tickets. I, I don't know. Maybe It could be. Could yeah. be. Do you hold it against him? If he feel if he took some of these interviews and suddenly just felt like I'm not ready, do you no, hold that against no. him? No, and I, I don't know if he's not ready, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe just likes to sit. You know, again, they have got a lot of things to be excited about. Well, it feels kind of reactionary too, doesn't it? Like if they win, yeah. the, if they win that game, go to the Super Bowl and lose. Yeah. Does he stay? I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe this is reactionary where the game left a bad taste in his mouth and he feels like he wants to run it back. Yeah. Um, my man Chris says, I want a commander's head coach who really wants to coach the commanders. Serious about turning Washington into winners. NFC's division rivals in the playoffs each year get players who want to play for the commanders slash Redskins. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Fair enough. All right. 757-687-9494. 757-687-9494. Again, I want a head coach who wants to be all in. And, that, and that's a very good point. So better to have it now and you know, better to have it than know the knowledge of that before wasting another day on it. Yeah. Cause like if you had a good feeling leaving last night's interview or yesterday's interview uh, with McDonald or even Quinn, now you can, you know, I can pivot to that. Now they didn't call Quinn back from the gate. I didn't notice. I didn't see that in the picture. We can only be thankful for that. <laughs> now why? All right. I'm getting the vibe here. You're not really excited about Dan Quinn. No, no. Was it just I've based on the last game. Well, that's part of it. That's part of it. But By the every way, I think team, he was in Dulles Airport, it looks like. Every team that was smart enough and stubborn enough to just run it against them right. had a lot of success. And again, I keep going back to those Atlanta years as well. Yeah, he, he did he did pretty well, but that also kind of left a bad taste in your mouth too. This guy's not exactly a finisher, so that's what bugs me about Dan Quinn. I think his leadership is good, but at the end of the day, I don't know that he's the guy that pushes you over the top. I don't know how you get excited about Dan Quinn. I think the baseline on Dan Quinn is is safer. Like you know what I mean? You you have a better feeling for what his baseline is as your head coach and what the things gonna look like. Your defense is gonna get a hell of a lot better. It is not gonna look like it has, right? I, I think you got you can you can count on that. I think is a I think he's a true leader. I think guys b- believe in him. I think that uh, you would have it from there. But, yeah, I mean, there's part of me that feels like, hey, didn't we do this Dallas coordinator thing like 30 years ago? And didn't we also do safer the last time? Yeah, and it almost feels like a better version of Ron Rivera. Yes, I, I would. I think that's fair. I mean, he, listen, he had a much better – he's got a much better defenses um, consistently. I mean, Ron had that one year. They were freaking phenomenal in Carolina. Yeah. I mean, the 15-1 team was phenomenal. But he had, you know, Quinn had the two really big years, 16 and 17. The Super Bowl collapse in 16 is hard to come back from. Like, that yeah, was hard to come that, back that's from. That's a hard one. Um, 
it did seem like after Kyle left to go to San Francisco, the offense fell off the cliff at that point. Then it was 7-9 and nine world, two straight years. Then the 0-5 before they canned him in 2020. And then, of course, then that's when Raheem Morris took over as the interim and obviously he's not back. So And he did well as the interim as well. Yeah, I mean, 43-42, and 3-2 and two in the playoffs in a Super Bowl loss. You're right. It does look like Ron Rivera. And I don't. I don't and I'd it rather, does, it I'd does rather look swing like and miss. I'd rather right. swing and miss yeah. on a McDonald or yeah. a Slowick or something like that. Yeah. And I don't think Slowick's ready. I'd rather swing and miss on a guy like that than go with a Dan Quinn and four or five years down the road be right where back where we are and and ruining another quarterback. By the way, true, true that. So yeah, and again, I, I think he was the safe one to me. Like if you're going to go the Dan Quinn kind of route, you know, again, a second chance head coach that's a defensive coach. Go to Mike Vrabel. Right. And, and again, unless Vrabel is just so Belichickian in the in respect that he wants more off, authori- authoritative power in the front office side of it, I, I don't understand why he's kind of been on the do not call list for them. Yeah, it's weird. I it, agree. It doesn't make sense because he's interviewed a lot of places. It's not like he, he's not doing interviews. It, do, it doesn't doesn't add up to me. And it kind of it kind of uh, kind of makes me wonder if, if there's just a philosophical thing. Is there a background thing that I'm missing um with peters and them and is there a 49er titan you know bad blood thing i don't know <laughs> who knows is, is there and i'm using taylor swift sayings again sorry <laughs> anyway all right seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four we're gonna break uh, jeff rigger the ticket from detroit joins us on the other side they're celebrating in detroit we're cursing out ben johnson they're they're praising him today we'll get to that and what he thinks was the difference and oh yeah what does he think of aaron glenn is that a real uh candidate to be the next commander's coach next year scott jackson show priority auto sports radio 94.1 we are brought to you by larry king law and we are brought to you by larry king law our pleasure right now hit the ballyhoo's guest line and bring in uh jeff rigger from the ticket to detroit where they are they're they're celebrating today as ben johnson has passed on a couple opportunities to uh interview with the commanders and the seahawks where he appeared to be the front runner at least one of those jobs to stay in detroit as the oc jeff uh I know you're not happy because the team didn't win the championship game, but this seems like a, a pretty good consolation prize today. How you doing? Yeah, I mean, I guess. And uh, Grant, how are you? Uh, we're definitely not celebrating. I mean, listen, everybody's happy about Ben Johnson coming back, and I think people are surprised that he's coming back as well, considering that he had so many different offers and Seattle was interested and the commanders seemed to be interested as well. But with that being said, the way that the Lions lost that football game Sunday in the second half of 17, and everything is going awful for them. The city is still mourning, unfortunately. But yes, they're a little happier because Ben Johnson's coming back. Why? Why do you think he's coming back? I know what he's saying. Do, do you think maybe you know his price that he thought he was worth wasn't being matched? I mean, or, or do you take him for face value? Is he the kind of guy that you think he can believe that he, he feels like it's unfinished business? All right, so I do think it's a little bit unfinished business. Yeah. I really do. I mean, you make it that far for an organization that's never been to the NFC title game with the exception of back in 1992. You lead by 17 in the second half. There was such a family feeling to this team. He's got two years left on his deal. I do kind of feel he feels it's unfinished business. With that being said, there was that rumor out there that he wanted, what, $14 million bucks to be a head coach of a team. I don't think any owner if they truly want Ben Johnson to be their head coach, would blink that price. I think any owner would be happy to pay that price if they do believe Ben Johnson could bring them wins and championships. So I think whether it be the Commanders, the Seahawks, or anybody else, 
I think they would have flipped the bill if they really wanted Ben Johnson. So I, I don't want to be some Detroit honk and just say, oh, he loves us. But I do kind of feel he's 37 years old. He probably feels that he's got a very bright future. Teams are not going to stop asking. This offense is only going to get better. Jared Goff and him have this great chi. I mean, Jameer Gibbs is going to be in his second year. Sam Laporta is going to be in his second year. J-Mo's not going to be suspended. He's going to be in his third year. Like, this is going to be a really good offense again. And I do kind of feel, and again, maybe I'm just being a Detroit homer here, the vibe in the postseason, everybody chanting Jared Goff, the electricity at these home playoff games, I think it's hard not to get caught up in it with what it means to this city and this state. And I think he's probably thinking, not to speak for him, but I do kind of take him at his word. Like, what's it going to hurt to stick around one more year and see if we can make another run it, another kick of the can? The other thing, too, is I, I think people really love working for Dan Campbell, whether it's players, whether it's his assistant coaches. I could totally see that. Uh, here with uh, Jeff Rigger, the ticket in Detroit with us here. Scott Jackson, your Priority Auto Sports Radio. 94.1, we are brought to you by Larry King Law. Jeff joins us via the Ballyhoo's guest line. Uh, so with that all being said, of course, you know, uh, we, we're here uh, looking at it from a strictly commander's perspective. Hate his guts now. Uh, but anyway, you know, we're going to get over it. Uh, all those hours I wasted watching his press conferences and reading about him. But uh, no, in all seriousness, tell, tell me about Aaron Glenn. I mean, he's he's on their list. Uh, apparently, they still made the trip for him. Do you think Aaron Glenn has shown you head coaching characteristics in his time in Detroit? Yeah, so I think in Detroit, there's two different kind of feelings about Aaron Glenn. I think there's Lions fans that want him to go, sure. want him to leave, because at times this defense over the last couple of years has been nauseating to watch. With that being said, the other fans, and I think these are the smart fans, I think they realize what a gem Aaron Glenn is. If you look at what he's done over the last seven weeks, and I know people want to get caught up in Cam Sutton, the cornerback, giving up all kinds of yards to CeeDee Lamb and Justin Jefferson and Puka Nakua and Mike Evans and on and on and on. But you find a defense that does not have the talent. It just doesn't that the offense has. And they find a way to get to the Final Four. If you go back to November, Lions lost two or three games. Defense has given up 30-some points. November was bad. December and January were fantastic. Lions given up about 21, 22 points. I do think there's a crazy stat that tells you the worth of Aaron Glenn and how good he is. And that's the scoring defenses that were left in the final four. So if you look at it, the Ravens were number one. They were giving up like 15 and a half points a game. The Niners were, I think, number two. They were giving up like 16 points a game. The Chiefs were number three. They were giving up like 17 points a game. Then there was the Lions, right, giving up like 22 points a game, but they were 24th. And with that defense, you still found a way to get to the final four. Now, maybe you want to say that was all offense despite the defense, but I saw a defense that bent a ton, did not break, was great in the red zone. And for a guy that was kind of under fire, I think he really rallied. Plus, the players love him. So take it for what it's worth. But I think Aaron Glenn would make a fantastic head coach. Yeah, you know, it's a good point you bring up because I always look at the guys, and I look at this the way I look at quarterbacks, too, in, in college, guys who get more with less, right? Like who have less talent around them but can, get, can play at a high level, or in this case, coach at a high level. But that, that's a – that's a really strong point about him because, I mean, again, the, the money and the investment has been on the offensive side, clearly, for the most part, uh, with even in draft capital. Obviously, Hutchinson was a high pick on, on the defensive side, but uh, it looks like, uh, again, at least 
for you know for a good half of that game, you had the 49ers, you know, trying to figure out what the hell was going cool. on. Yeah, there's no question. And, and guys have gotten better. Like Alex Anzalone was here last year. Nobody wanted him to bring him back. Like he was one of not just your best linebacker, but he was the best tackler for Detroit. Brian Branch, second round pick, he was outstanding. Maybe one of the better safeties in all of football, right? Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah. Got better. He led everybody in pressures in the postseason. But I think a lot of that credit goes to Aaron Glenn as well. Uh, again, I know everybody gets caught up in the secondary. And the Lions went out and they got some secondary help and C.J. Garner-Johnson and Cam Sutton and Emmanuel Mosley. The bad thing was that C.J. G.J. got hurt. He missed the majority of the games. Emmanuel Mosley, he got hurt. He missed the majority of the games. So you were left with guys named like Zildor and Josh Jacobs, and Cam Sutton. And Cam Sutton was never supposed to be your number one corner, but he ended up having to be because he had nobody else. So, so again, I, I know people get blown away by the pass yardage that that defense gave up over the last five to six to seven weeks, but they still found ways to win games, and, and that is pretty impressive to me. All right, we are talking with uh, Jeff Rigger at uh, Rigger 1984, the Ticket Detroit here with the Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio. 94.1 brought to you by Larry Kinglaw joins us via the Ballyhoo's uh, guest line. All right, one final one for you. What has been the reaction in Detroit uh, after the game? Is it been, hey, Dan Campbell, you know, we know you rolled the dice too much. This was this was over the top. What has been really the bigger takeaway as to why they were not able to finish the job against the 49ers? I mean, how dare you ask that question? We're not ready to talk about it. We're, 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 we're just not. Um, okay, so here's the reaction. Okay. Like, I actually was on for four hours yesterday, right. and there's two types of Lions fans right now. There's the type of Lions fans that are like, if I were to tell you we'd be in the NFC yeah. title game uh-huh. at the start of the year, <laughs> you'd just be loving it. Yeah. So there's that type of fan, right? Yeah. Then there's the other type of fan that are like, are you kidding me? All we've ever wanted in our little lives was to go to the Super Bowl. We never thought it was possible, and we were 30 minutes away from our grandest dream of all, and you couldn't close the deal. And listen, I mean, Dan Campbell, people say the reason you were here to begin with was because of his aggressiveness. I don't necessarily buy that. I think the reason you were here is because he's a culture builder. He's a great coach. He's not just a guy that goes for it on fourth down, but when you go for it on fourth down in the third quarter, you could have went back up by 17 by kicking the field goal. The possessions would have been limited for San Francisco at that point. He decided not to. That was tough. He didn't kick the field goal to tie the game in the fourth quarter. He decided not to. It makes no sense. That was tough. The fumble by Jameer Gibbs. It was just a combination of a sequence of events that just didn't go Detroit's way. And we have this thing in Detroit. Maybe you have it in Washington, too. It's it's called same old Lions. Like, when everything goes wrong, it's like, ah, that's SOL, that's same old Lions. What I saw the second half of that game, that was same old Lions. But people will disagree with that because it's a negative connotation. But everything went wrong, and they paid for it, man. Yeah. Now, I, I think you, you nailed it. I mean, it was, a, it was a crazy finish. Now, here's what I'd ask you, though. Could your kicker actually make any of those two kicks that you'd passed on? Because it seemed All to right, me so that he's terrible. You guys need a kicker. Oh, I, Michael Badgley, not a great kicker. However, he's 84% from a 45 and up, right? So he also kicked a 54-yarder in a dome two weeks ago against the Rams. Turned out to be the game-winning field goal. So I I do believe he can kick those field goals. Here's what I would say. Maybe you disagree with me. But I've been getting this in Detroit all the time. I think it's crazy that we're acting like the kicker in the NFL can't make a 
45-yarder or a 47-yarder. I mean, it's essentially a chip shot. It reminds me of, like, this new movement in baseball where guys think pitchers can't throw 110 pitches anymore. Their arm's going to fall off. Are you crazy? Like, I would have loved to see Badgley go out there for one of those kicks because that means you probably win the football game. But, I mean, a lot of people agree with you, and a lot of people have said he's not a great kicker. And they got rid of another kicker, Riley Patterson, in favor of Michael Badgley. If he's not a great kicker, why is he on the team? Right. But, I mean, these are the no, that's fair. That's that's a fair complaint. The last, like, right. Seventy-two hours. Yeah, I don't know. See, I kind of like the fact that your coach takes a kicker out of the equation. I, I I don't, you know. And I grew up with Mark Mosley, who was great. You know, <laughs> it was clutch. But I, I, to me, man, yeah, I mean, take the kickers out of the equation if you can. But anyway, all right. Well, you get the enjoy Ben Johnson. I, I'm going to feel kind of vindicated next year when he becomes a new Bears coach, though. Whoa, 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 whoa. That, that cannot happen. That would be tough. <laughs> He's coaching Caleb Williams next year and two years from now in your division. It'll be quite something. I'll, I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah. I put that actually out on Twitter. I did. I'm stealing your like material. Caleb I'm Williams sorry. Ben Johnson, that, 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 would, be, that would be a problem. Uh, at Rigger, uh, 1984. Hey, thank you, Jeff. Appreciate your time, man, and enjoy the offseason. You as well. Good to talk to you. All right, take care. Jeff Rigger with us, the ticket in Detroit. Good enough to get some time. And uh, Ben Johnson staying. We've decided to stay. But people are still ticked in Detroit from that loss. And can you blame them? All right, got more texts to get to and uh, your tweets as well. I'm still calling them tweets. I, I don't give a crap what they call it. Please the do. Please do. And, and I know that this guy's trying to put you know chips in our brain now and all this other stuff. But I'm I, you know I'm not I'm not going to call his format the X. I apologize. All right, we'll get to the uh, in football at four. By the way, the Chiefs dynasty. Are we allowed to say that? Or are you going to be one of these people that says no? It's not time yet we'll talk about that in the four o'clock hour scott jackson show friday on sports radio 94.1 we're brought to you by larry king law all right welcome back uh in addition to the program at six o'clock for those of you that you know stick around for the full four the committed group of you uh ben standing the athletic dc will be with us he's actually a mobile for the uh, senior bowl but he's in talk commander's coaching search he's been talking to a lot of people a mobile from around the nfl on their take on uh, the change of heart from Ben Johnson and what that may mean next for the commanders. All right, 757-687-9494. Uh, and the next hour, I got a lot of stuff to start giving away. I forgot to do it this hour, so I will warn you, I'm going to give away tickets next hour to Australian Pink Floyd at the Atlantic Union Bank Pavilion uh, coming up. The uh, date is June 28th this summer, Friday, June 28th. Uh, and what is, you would say, an Australian version of Pink Floyd. What's well, Pink Floyd except they have Australian accents, basically. That's it. I think that's it. Um, <laughs> Maybe a didgeridoo or something? I don't, I don't know if that's accurate. It just feels like that should be the simple explanation. Uh, also, Dropkick Murphy tickets later. We got Billy Currington and Kip Moore. I mean, we got everything here. It's ridiculous. Uh, thank you, everyone, for it. Hey, real quick on, on the uh, one other thing of Mike Vrabel. So he's not on the commander's list. And I was thinking about this. Could this have anything to do with it? Rand Carthen, who worked in San Francisco with Adam Peters, right? Like, supposedly there was, prior to Rand Carthen being hired there, Frabel, you know, he didn't like that guy John Robinson. They fired. Remember, they fired John Robinson right, right. after he traded A.J. Brown. So, you know, maybe Frabel always wanted that job. He never got it. Was there some type of inner, you know, turmoil there right so maybe that had something to do with it because look you know you come on these guys are all buddies they're colleagues they talk to each other about people that are available players all this stuff um now ran carthan on the record after mike vrabel was fired had this to say i will say that this is his quote that mike and i 
Uh, we've never had any issues, whether it's personal or professional. We worked well together and had a good relationship. So, again, this is Carthen on the record. That's what he had to say. Of course, going to say that on the record. But yeah, right. But it is interesting that guy, again, who's got a very good resume, talking about Vrabel, better than, you know, some others that are out there that they've talked to that have no resumes, youngins, um, that he has not been um, at least talked to by the, the commanders. So just found that to be somewhat fascinating. And it's also interesting that, well, then you could make the argument, well, well, the youngins are who they want. They want younger coaches. Well, then why did you interview Dan Quinn for a second time? Yeah, there's and then there's that. Like there, So there's some of those things, too. Again, if we're going to do retread defensive coordinators for 200, Alex, I think I would rather go with Vrabel at this point. Although, yes, again, Quinn does have a Super Bowl appearance, but, boy, it really looks like Ron Rivera when you look at the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Much better coordinator. Don't get me wrong. Much better coordinator. If you Don't get me wrong. I got a guy who wants to talk a lot of Dallas Cowboys in the 7-5. I might get to this later. This is a lot of stuff. Sorry, we're kind of not just completely like – off the map today wow that's a lot i just i mean uh, there's just a lot of stuff here i mean it's not it's not bad. bad yeah it's not bad i just you know there's just like a lot of other stuff going on today sorry uh somebody just said why don't you just go ahead and call it the taylor swift dynasty <laughs> <laughs> talking about dynasty we'll get to that at the top of the hour whether or not we think this whole uh thing that's going on with the chiefs is a dynasty you know what i mean so we'll we'll, we'll love that as well all right seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four uh seven five seven six eight seven 94 94 all right here's uh my guy willis had this to say scott mike mcdonald would be my choice because of the body of work with the ravens slowing probably needs another year and i would take vrabel over quinn because i believe he's a hundred times better a coach amen to that yep uh, I'm nailed all, it i'm all down with that nailed it yeah and again maybe this they don't want to get they might have to get into a little bit of a bidding war here for uh, mike um mcdonald at this point because again seattle has entered the conversation and you know, there. Look, you could. I could sell you, uh, unsell you on Seattle. I could sell you on Seattle too. I think coming into the offseason, I thought it was one of the better jobs. But here they are. You know, and I thought Washington was too. And here they are, the two that had the vacancies up to the very end, which I find kind of interesting. And I think I don't think it's because they've missed out or uh, haven't been able to get their people. I mean, the Commanders potentially missed out today, but. I think it's more so that they kind of wanted to do these longer searches. They want to talk to guys that were still in the playoffs, unfortunately, for them. Well, and who were you waiting for? Right. That's the question. Were you waiting for somebody specifically, or were you waiting for a a couple of different guys? What I think is fascinating to me about, about, um, you know, about uh, what's gone on with, um, with this thing today about, uh, about Johnson is that, that other people in the NFL aren't surprised about it. So was that because, they they felt like all along that either he was holding himself up in too high regard in terms of his dollar figure or because they thought, yeah, he's the kind of guy that could just stick it out one more year and let the market dick, you know play it out a little bit more. Uh, I'm not sure. Or the fact that, you know, there are, you know, again, there was some kind of intimation by Schefter the other day that the commanders, yeah, he might be the top guy. Doesn't necessarily mean he was going to take the job or get the job that they were really truly playing this thing out to the end. Because teams always say they're still doing their due diligence. And some of these ty- things seem very obvious, whether it's, you know, in some cases, oh, okay, they're just playing people for Rooney rule reasons or or whatever. Or, you know, they're trying to keep some leverage here involved. But, you know, they have kind of drugged this thing out to the point where it was longer than it maybe you would have thought it had to be. And maybe that was intentional because they really weren't sure. Maybe they, they have a lot of things they're still trying to figure out. But I would say you probably need to figure them out pretty quickly if you have one person you really like more so than the other because obviously the Seahawks could just pull it out from under you and then you're down mm-hmm. to Jim Zorn. 
<laughs> oh, I'm just kidding, of course. It's not going to be Jim oh, Zorn. No. It's not going to be Jim Zorn hire, dang it. I'm just kidding, of course. All right, 757-687-9494. One other thing on the Seahawks. The fact that they didn't jump on Dan Quinn scares the crap out of me. Yeah, that should tell you that all you need to know. scares the yep. crap out of me mm-hmm. if I'm anybody else, Washington, uh, talking to Dan Quinn. Because, again, John Schneider knew him better than anybody. It was all they're part of the the best of the best of Seattle, and he has not jumped on that higher, which I find fascinating. All right, football at four straight ahead. Chiefs, are they already a dynasty? Or are you going to make them prove it to you one more year? We'll get to that coming up next. Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio. 94.1 brought to you by Larry Kinglaw. Injured in an accident. Call 757-INJURED. 757-INJURED. James Witham's got your sports center.